it gives you that amazing exposure to exactly the market you want to be in front of, which for us at the school is coffee enthusiasts. not a if you build it they will come you do have to put a lot of work in both to the getting people to to your booth at the show and then making sure you follow up really quickly afterwards to to capitalize on those opportunities that come past and it was quite unique and you know quite beautiful actually to witness that human connection and experience it firsthand you know this community so dedicated to coffee and all it entails. So naturally, you know, I couldn't wait to get involved and be part of it. Welcome back to the Fifth Wave podcast. I'm Jeffrey Young, Editor-in-Chief of Coffee Business Magazine, Fifth Wave. The London Coffee Festival, otherwise known as LCF, is right around the corner. And with it comes a four-day celebration of London's vibrant coffee scene and all the wonderful people and communities that make our industry as great as it is. As you may know, Allegra Group founded the festival back in 2011, and over the years we've watched it grow into a formidable event featuring over 200 exhibitors and welcoming more than 30,000 trade and consumer visitors through its doors most years. It's also home of the international barista competition Coffee Masters and a whole lot more. Last year we made the decision to sell the London Coffee Festival to our great friends at Media Group William Reed. And although we're sad to no longer be at the helm of this great event, we're incredibly excited to see the direction it will take and the fresh ideas the new owners have in store. To celebrate the legacy and the next phase of this iconic coffee event, we're speaking to a few regular exhibitors and visitors over the years, some who have been attending since the very beginning. They share their favorite memories of the festival and hear advice on how to get the most out of a coffee trade event. First up, let's speak with Edwin Harrison, about his first impressions of LCF. Edwin is the founder of Artisan, a staple in the early specialty coffee scene, and also runs Artisan Coffee School and Curious Root Coffee Roasters. Welcome, Edwin. Thank you so much. It's great to be here. When was the first time that you heard of or attended the London Coffee Festival? It was probably about 2012 was when we first arrived at the festival. I remember um, all press had invited us down to come and be part of the True Arsan Cafe. And we were blown away with it. We'd only been going about four or five months at that stage. And um, we were suddenly sort of exposed to all these amazing coffee ideas and feelings and sort of this sense of just noise. I just remember walking in and just feeling this thing of noise. And we had to um, create our own drink and we did drunken affogatos. And it was our first sort of real attempt at this sort of thing. And it was amazing. We used Frangelico, we were smashing up uh, pistachio to sprinkle over the top. And um, of course, amazing espresso. And we had a queue for about 45 minutes around the, around the corner. And this guy, I remember he got up to the front and said, um, so what are you making here? I turned to him and said, you've been queuing for 45 minutes, not knowing what you're going to get. And it just really summed up the festival that everyone was just curious. They were interested in what was going on. They were just amazed by the whole thing. And you've seen it evolve over the years? 
It's involved massively. I mean, not just in size, but I really think it's found its place. It's found its footing, hasn't it? It's the first thing that goes in, you know, all businesses just like ours. You do your year plan. You know, the first thing somebody says from our team is, right, when's the London Coffee Festival? And that goes straight into the diary. And you almost build your diary out from there. It has evolved and it has got bigger and it's got better. And it's sort of found what has worked. It's found what hasn't worked, like setting up. And I remember back in the day, you know, we were literally fighting to get get into the place and things like that. Now it's much more organized. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it's really found its role. Now we chat with Abigail Forsyth, founder and CEO of Keep Cup, an international reusable cup provider founded in Australia in 2009. Keep Cup is the London Coffee Festival's official reusable cup partner this year. Welcome, Abigail. Thanks very much, Jeff. Pleased to be here. Tell us about your first experience of the London Coffee Festival. When did you first attend? It would have been 2011. I guess it was really the start of the London independent scene, wasn't it? And it was a real vibing, jamming place. We'd been to a few other trade shows around the world. So we'd been to a couple in the US where it was very trestle tables and the, the Muppet Show curtains on the side of it. So to come to a show where it was really... Um, faithful to the sort of the coffee scene, to a vibrant young culture and to be there not just for trade but for um, customers as well was really exciting and I think really helped educate and open up that world for a lot of people. So over the years, how have you seen LCF evolve? Oh, I think it's grown in size. It's become more international. I love that dedicated space for the independent roasters um, last year. I thought that was a really terrific innovation. Uh, and uh, it's really encouraged a lot of people to launch businesses and, and create new things for the coffee industry. Now, let's speak with Agostino Lugeri and Enzo Frangiamore, founders of Bulmar, a UK major importer of coffee machines since 1989. Ago and Enzo were part of the very first London Coffee Festival back in 2011, and they helped us to break the Guinness World Record of espresso making. Using 31 commercial espresso machines, our baristas poured a whopping 12,005 espressos in one hour. Thanks for joining us here today on Fifth Wave. Pleasure. You're very welcome. You guys were participants at the very first London Coffee Festival. Tell us about your first impressions of that event. We were at the very first one um, and in, in quite a big format as well. And my first impression was, this is potentially a great idea or it's going to be a great big flop um, because we had a lot of space. If you recall, there was a lot of space because it was early days and people weren't sure what they were signing up for, including ourselves. Um, but then it, we had a, a great experience, especially uh, when we tried to create this record of uh, producing espressos in an hour, which was great fun. Um, Yes, I think space was the first thing that hit me. Wow, there's a lot of room up here. Unlike the last LCF where you couldn't move, and the first one was very, very, very different. That's my recollection. I don't know what the was events. I suppose the first thing was we, in the heart of the East End in Shoreditch, we're in the Truman Brewery, and I just thought, wow, this location, again, is either going to be super cool or actually it, it might not work. But as it turned out, that's probably one of the key things. You're in the heart of where speciality was evolving and had developed and kicked off, really. And, and 
it was an interesting venue, unlike the normal Olympia, Els Court, um, Excel, Birmingham, whatever, whatever. So it was it was a totally different concept and and very innovative. And we thought, yeah, okay, this is quite cool. And then from there, I think there was a curiosity from most people in our industry to to come and see what was going on. And like many events, when they start, they're, they're obviously a little bit smaller, maybe focused a bit more on machinery and, and, and coffee. But yes, yeah, space was definitely one of the things. There, there was there was room to move about. But I think the energy and the excitement when we tried to do that that world record of all the espressos was was really dynamic and, and, and brought a different imagination to the whole proceedings. What we should have done, of course, is then made the biggest cappuccino in the world. Uh, out of all the espressos. So uh, <laughs> we missed an opportunity there. Oh, what an opportunity missed. Jeff, it did spark the initial enthusiasm in uh, all our industry, not just the specialty young lads. Yeah. It, the, the whole industry suddenly thought, oh, this is different. Uh, this is interesting. You know, uh, we slowly, slowly, they all started to come and have a look. And over the years, it just built and built, and as you well know. Yeah, great. And what it's become, you know, how would you describe it today? Well, it's matured more into an exhibition than a festival now. Um, but that was, I think that was always on the cards. It was it was inevitable that that would happen in in our minds. It was such a, a conflict between what is a true festival and, if you remember, the Waterfall Project was a big part of why we put all this together. Even before the first LCF, we were talking about Waterfall, weren't we? Uh, and trying to develop that. So that, that concept was one thing. And then uh, as it grew, space become more uh, valuable. Um, bigger players came in, people with, with bigger uh, budgets to play with. So, yeah, it, it, it slowly, naturally evolved and changed for sure. Uh, and, and now, arguably, you, depending on what side of the fence you want to come from, it's, it's more an exhibition than it is a festival, though, it's an exhibition with a huge, huge difference. It's yeah. still unique. Yeah, I think what 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 you saw from the beginning, where it was very London centric and focused on uh, speciality, um, has evolved, and it's now, I suppose, the UK go to event for coffee. Um, it crosses over not just independent and speciality as we know it, uh, and it was then. It now is quite corporate. And it's it's really where the big industries and the big players come to see what's going on, uh, and that 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 sort of has led to the development as we we know it in in the high street and in offices and everywhere else. So the festival I think played a big part in that, and on the coffee festival, and and it's not just London as I said, it's UK, it's international. You get a lot of people who come from all over the world. And, and I think London is the attraction um, because you're coming to a, a really dynamic, exciting event, but you're in one of the best capitals in the world um, and people come for that. If you were doing it in, all due respect, Bristol, um, it wouldn't have the same attraction, would it? Yeah, it's become from the embryonic development, it's become this bigger event, which is, as I said, London, national, international, which is a, a compliment to, to you guys as well and to the involvement of it. Just picking up 
on what Enzo said about becoming international, that is so true. And I think I was looking at uh, the list of participants in the uh, competition this year. Yeah. I mean, they really are from absolutely everywhere, you know, uh, from Mexico to uh, Korea to Romania. The list goes on. Now let's hear from Daniel Clark and Louise Felton, commercial director and group regional director, respectively, from Chimberley, UK and Ireland. Chimberley is one of the world's leading producers of both traditional and fully automatic coffee machines. Chimberley is an LCF regular, and this year we'll be showcasing three leading brands at the festival, La Chimberley, Fayema and Slayer. Welcome, Daniel. Welcome, Louise. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I wonder if you could each give us a little bit of background on your first experiences at the London Coffee Festival. Daniel, you've probably attended all of them, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I first uh, attended London Coffee Festival in 2011. Uh, So the first year the event was launched. Uh, A fantastic show. Uh, I remember the buzz of the event very well. Uh, And every year it happens. Uh, It really breaks the normal uh, with exhibitions these days. Completely different. Great to see lots of industry experts coming together. Love it. And Louise, what's your experience been? So I joined um, the coffee industry back in uh, 2017. So my first introduction to LCF was uh, back in 2018. And to be honest with you, it was just amazing. I was suddenly immersed into this brand new world that I'd never experienced before, you know, a place filled with coffee lovers who, who genuinely shared the same passions, energy, you know, that vision around coffee. And it was quite unique and, you know, quite beautiful, actually, to witness that human connection and experience it firsthand. You know, this community that is so dedicated to coffee and all it entails. So naturally, you know, I couldn't wait to get involved and be part of it, really. And I think it's as intriguing today as it was back then. And how has it evolved in that time? Yeah, I think I think it's evolved massively, you know, not just for coffee, uh, for for all sorts that go with coffee. Um, You've also got many more people coming along that have an interest in coffee. I think to start with, it was very much industry experts. You know, you're getting more consumers wanting to learn more, be educated. uh, And it gives manufacturers such as Chimberly the opportunity to you know, share their passion, show their enthusiasm uh, and talk about the products uh, that we offer. Next up, we speak with Frida Yuan, head of coffee at Origin Coffee Roasters, and also a judge at the Coffee Masters Barista Competition. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I wonder if you could give us your impression of the first time you visited the London Coffee Festival. For me, it was like a wonderland when I first stepped into the London Coffee Festival. It's always very exciting. I think London Coffee Festival is one of the only events you can reconnect with people in a bigger scale what that means is everyone that you know would be there and sometimes you don't see them very often and it's such a great time to just catch up and see each other so I really enjoy walking around all the time and seeing many different products pop pop up Uh, I really enjoy walking on the uh, the main street I can't remember if that's what you call it the high park, high yeah, park. thank you. Because you have a lot of like live music and it's high ceiling as well. So you walk in there, you feel like, well, this is something that I'm p- part of and I really enjoy the environment. And I think that's always like when I walk past high park, I have that feelings and it's good to be be back. 
even though we work really hard before and then, you know, really hard during the festival. But I feel it's the feeling of, wow, this is what we can achieve as a industry. Now we hear from Kirby Sinclair, co-founder of The Roasting Party, a UK-based specialty coffee roaster and cafe chain who've previously been the official coffee sponsor of Coffee Masters. Welcome, Kirby. Thanks, Jeff. Great to be here. So tell us about your first experience at the festival. My first experience was when you had the very first barista championships at it. And that was the reason I went. But then I was more flabbergasted and more amazed by the rest of the festival and the community spirit. And I think this is where London's so unique is that actually it's all about the people who exhibit in a very different way to, you know, your mass produced stand place, right? The individual nature of everyone kind of rivaling for a better stand and really taking, you know, care and appreciation in their stand is what is what makes it so successful. And how has it changed since those early years? Well, I think firstly, the size, I think the size of it, it amazed me the first time. And then the size definitely amazes me now, how, it, how it's just got bigger and bigger and and, you know, there's so many realms for it to move forward as well, right? Like, you know, the experiences that, uh, that, that happen, you know, there's, there is something literally for everyone. And, uh, and I think it's very well curated. The curation is, is what really makes it such a great festival for me. Yeah, there was some real thought there. Um, but that takes from knowing the community. Now let's turn to those all-important festival visitors and speak with Tim Blanchard a coffee enthusiast and avid attendee of the London Coffee Festival, about his experiences with the event. Tim is an advocate for accessibility and diversity in events and hospitality and was a valuable member of the festival's Accessibility and Inclusion Board. Tim, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me back on the Fifth Wave podcast. I wonder if you could give us a quick snapshot of your experience at LCF and what it means to you. I started attending the London Coffee Festival in the back of just uh, getting interested in coffee and brewing coffee at home. Um, And I thought, oh, this looks interesting. So I went along to the London Coffee Festival. Huge, huge event, loads. I've never seen more coffee machines under one roof. It is really amazing spectacle. Um, And this will be my sixth coffee festival. and every year, it's just a really great opportunity to come along, uh, see some of the same people every year, reconnect, have a great time and uh, see some great people in the coffee community and uh, try some great coffee as well. And, and what was the original attraction to the London Coffee Festival in the beginning? That's a very interesting question. I think for me, I just became more and more interested in coffee and coffee shops in general and also I'm really into the equipment as well so the like professional equipment like I say I've been brewing espresso at home for several years and like it's I'm really interested in what the big manufacturers are doing and kind of how that trickles down to uh, the home market as well and I think Mm -hmm. we're seeing that more and more now so especially post-covid you know, more and more, these big manufacturers are tapping into the home market. And it's, it's really interesting to see, you know, the commercial machines, the home machines, machine manufacturers, how they're innovating, how they're pushing the boundaries. Yeah, really great to, to be able to access all of that under one roof. Our listeners may not know, but you're a wheelchair user. 
I'm a wheelchair user, so I walk around sometimes, but other times I'll go around using either a mobility scooter or a wheelchair. Um, and usually I bring my wheelchair to the London Coffee Festival because of the myriad of, of steps that exist within the building. And how have you found that experience at the festival? We've had discussions before, and I'm sure we'll come on to this. I think for a, a person with a disability, it's definitely a challenging event I think by the kind of nature of the building and also just the fact that now it's I mean this is tribute to the festival's success but it, it can be incredibly busy and, and overwhelming to kind of get around I think even for people who perhaps don't have you know difficulties or, or special needs but you know overall it's been a really great event and whilst it's been uh, challenging particularly more in the earlier years, you know, before I, we connected and we started doing a bit of work. There's always been like really great people around. Definitely, I feel well supported now at, at these kind of events. Great. You actually worked with our production team last year and helped as a consultant to make the event more accessible. Could you tell us a bit more about that and what the considerations are for event organisers? I think we made really great strides last year with things like signposting the lifts, improving awareness around accessibility issues, um, installing ramps, you know, where there are um, steps that are inaccessible. Um, For me, I think it would be about wanting to ensure um, the continuation of those measures and also, you know, seeing how we can improve. I also think it's um, really important to think about the fact that the London Coffee Festival and Speciality Coffee is now more mainstream than ever. And I think this means that, you know, the types of people that want to attend. You mentioned the changes that I've seen over the years, actually. One of the things that springs to mind is the diversity of people that I begin to see at the festival. You know, young parents, elderly people, people with disabilities, you know, there's a whole range of speciality coffee. I think previously um, perhaps was a little bit more elitist. And I think now we're we're starting to see a transition. Speciality coffee is almost becoming the standard. And um, with that comes increased interest and people from all walks of life wanting to come and experience the festival. So I really think it's important that the London Coffee Festival continues in the form of inclusivity and accessibility. So now that you've heard some of our guests' first impressions and favourite memories of the festival, let's now hear about some of the business benefits of exhibiting at the show and how to get the most commercial benefit out of any coffee trade show. We now return to Edwin Harrison at Artisan. The business does benefit, um, definitely. The school sells a phenomenal amount of courses. We do a discount at the London Coffee Festival, which I often think our sales just before the festival die down and everyone's waiting for the festival. Um, And then you get inundated with with people signing up to sort of the big things like the diploma and so on and so forth. Um, But also it gives you that amazing exposure to exactly the market you want to be in front of, which for us at the school is coffee enthusiasts. And for the roastery, I think it allows us to, well, it did originally allow us to announce ourselves, to sort of um, tell everyone what we're doing. But I think it it gives you, a, for me, it gives you an amazing opportunity to talk to your customers 
And they're all there and you invite them there and they come down and you chat to them. You find out about what they're doing. You even go for a beer with them if you want to. It's, it's an amazing opportunity just to have everything in one place. So it, it definitely works. Next is Kirby Sinclair at the roasting party to find out what his approach to the festival has been. At the start, it was really awareness. And I think like for me, it's always like, well, you know, to make this pay, you really need to get maybe say two or three wholesale customers, say for instance. But I think you can't even really look at it like that because generally a wholesale customer either new or existing and they change. It's a big, you know, if they're changing, then it's really their baby, right? And then changing their view. So that's going to take a long time anyway. And also then if they're new, well, if they come and see you and that the new cafe they want to, to make it is six months away, probably at a minimum. So like direct sales from it, I don't even think you can really look at either. And that's why we also then sponsored the masters after we had that initial awareness about us in those first few years um, was that we looked at it as like a three, four year investment. Sometimes even when you have a good introduction, say for instance, even that's going to take, you know, 12 months to maybe come to fruition, doesn't it? So those were those objectives. I mean, it was literally awareness to start with who we are, what we do, yeah, what products we do outside of coffee as well. And then we went to sponsoring the masters, which kind of really was an objective for credibility and to show people what we can do, our skill and our knowledge. But, you know, it doesn't come lightly. You know, you have to plan three months ahead. And I'm sure there's other companies that even plan further. And what advice would you give to anyone attending or exhibiting LCF this year? Yeah, I think the first would be to really show people your personality and find out a way to do that. I think that has been such a big thing for us. You know, we make a lot of mistakes, Jeff, I think, um, and have, you know, you don't always have the money to do. You know, I mean, it's only really now, 10 years in, we're looking at like a, a full, you know, branding concept, you know. I did want to do that five years ago, yeah. So you're not going to have those things when you're green and you you just work with what you work with. But, you know, this game is about relationships and and, and meeting people and, and showing people who you are and, and then they can trust you. And I think working the best ways where you're able to show that, I think is what I would give as advice. And that doesn't mean that you always have to be loud and, and boisterous and have a big presence. You know, you can achieve that from small things, but letting people know who you are and what you want to do is the most important thing. Next, we return to Fred Yuan at Origin to hear about the benefits of both the industry and consumer days. For context, Thursday and Friday at the London Coffee Festival are trade days and the weekend is mainly for consumers. I think um, not just the industry uh, days on Thursday and Friday. I was on Saturday and Sunday as well. Um, it's more commercial, customer facing. And I actually really enjoyed it because it is a time to really reconnect with our customers who might travel from, you know, from the north or from Bristol, from the west, and then come to London for this coffee fe- London Coffee Festival. And... You can hear their excitement about oh having had one of the coffee and then really enjoy drinking it, and it's very different than the wholesale side of business because I think I feel like the end consumer in the end are the most important customers for our industry and being able to 
meet them and face to face and discuss about our coffee or their their experience is great. What if you're a B2B only business? Let's go back to Ago and Enzo to see how they approach this hybrid event. I think it's a, a bit of a dichotomy for us for the simple reason that it's a four-day event. But for us, we have to, as a trade-only establishment, um, although we'll take anyone's money, as every, anyone would, um, the, first, the Thursday, Friday are the days that we have to maximise the Saturday, Sunday, as the public, it's slightly different. We don't have that cheap alternative to be able to uh, to sell to the consumer directly. Having said that, of course, you, you, you'd be amazed how many people have commercial machines in their kitchens. But that whole development of how that business has evolved, again, it, it's, it's difficult because, as I said, for us, it's more a two-day event. And looking at the return on that investment, how you cover that, is is also there's a high element of marketing. So if you think about it, two days of marketing and, and two days are are actually productive um, for us as a business. And and I suppose to a degree that's part of the evolution as well. We do have to work at yeah. We really have to study how we can benefit from from the show because uh, ultimately yeah we we are a supplier of equipment, fully professional coffee equipment across all sectors. Uh, we've got a, a nationwide operation. We've got you know, 90 odd engineers scattered all over the country, Scotland, Ireland, blah, blah, blah. So we have to find uh, ways of getting that message across in just those two days, more or less. So it's, yeah, it's a challenge, but it's a great one. It's a great challenge. It's an enjoyable challenge. Now let's hear from Louise Felton at Chimbley about the role trade shows play in her marketing plans. I think that's a really great question, actually. I think that trade shows in general play such an important role in the coffee industry. You know, they shine a special and engaging light uh, on coffee. You know, it's all about connecting people together from all different backgrounds and professions because it provides, you know, a really good, strong platform and focal point to really showcase, you know, all the aspects involved in coffee, you know, from the bean itself to the supporting products that are growing year on year uh, to the actual coffee machines because ultimately they all play a fundamental role towards serving great quality coffee every day you know I think it's an opportunity to celebrate coffee um, but also I think that the, the show and the community provides valuable learning and insights you know from the roaster the barista through to the end customer so you know we take these opportunities as great learning platforms because you know you're creating an, an engaging dynamic fun environment where people can just relax you know they're in an environment they love they're with a product they absolutely adore and then they can truly interact and experiment with all the different types of coffee platforms and get closer to the actual machines themselves and the technologies that are being launched year on year because these ultimately, you know, enhance the coffee experiences that we see and we love today in our market. Finally, some excellent words of wisdom from Abigail Forsyth about generating real commercial success from trade shows. There's no point going to a trade show if you're just standing there hoping for someone great to walk past. You, you need to reach out and try and um, get as many meetings in advance as you can. Really look carefully through the exhibitor list and make sure you're visiting or arranging to meet or trying to do some sort of cross-promotion with other um exhibitors on the stand so you make the most of it and then making sure that people know you're attending across all your channels, social media, EDM, that sort of thing. So 
yeah, it's not a if you build it, they will come. You do have to put a lot of work in both to the getting people to to your booth at the show and then making sure you follow up really quickly afterwards to, to capitalise on those opportunities that come past. Now, to close off the show and to wet your taste buds, let's have a little teaser about some of the exciting things that we can expect to see at the London Coffee Festival this year. First up, Abigail from Keep Cup. We have a great stand this year. We have um, finally Keep Cup employed a full-time industrial designer. So he's come up with a really uh, kooky sort of arresting, um, true, very true to Keep Cup concept for how to display the product. We've got um, a new product. Our Helix range is coming out in 8-ounce, which is a great size for the coffee industry. Uh, and then we've also got a game um, that we are going to engage people with on the stand. I think we felt coming out of the last few years, we wanted to have a bit of fun and a bit of engagement uh, on the stand this year. So make sure you come by and, and play, play to win. And now let's get a sneak peek of what Chimbley is planning for this year's event. So we want to continue our relationships with our coffee partners that we work with across both Slayer and Chimbley brands. Um, so on the Slayer stand this year, we'll be showcasing coffees from Us V Them, Extract, Cartwheel, Obadiah, Watch House, Blossom, Pink Lane, and many more. You'll also get the opportunity to meet our brand ambassador, Dan Fellows, once again, who we're very proud to have on board. Uh, on the Chimberley stand right next door, HP23, we'll be showcasing, again, close partnerships across multiple channels, including OCS with RS15, Retail and QSR with RS60, and we'll also be presenting the M200. We're lucky to have partners on the Chimbley stand again, including Rington's, Artisan Coffee, Miko, and many more. And you may also get the opportunity to see some of the semi-finalists and the finalists of the UKBC coming along and presenting their coffees on our stands across the four days. And Louise, what can we expect from Fayema? So certainly from the Fayema side, we're really excited to see the Fayemina and the E61, because we're actually showcasing it very differently this year at um, LCF. You know, we're making great strides in the home segment uh, where we're providing consumers the ideal solutions for bringing, you know, the, the ultimate coffee shop experience right into their homes every day. I think I must also make a quick shout out to Rasti Kashir, who's uh, last year's Coffee Master Champion. You know, he's he's joined us as the brand ambassador for Fayema. So we're really excited about that news. Wow, no shortages of coffee on the Chimberley experiences at the London Coffee Festival this year. I'm certainly looking forward to seeing you all at the event next week. And that's all for this week's Fifth Wave podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show this week. And if you're at the London Coffee Festival next week, then please drop by the Fifth Wave stand and you can grab yourself a free copy of the latest issue of our magazine, Fifth Wave, celebrating the global specialty coffee and hospitality scene. Please subscribe to The Fifth Wave wherever you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this show, please recommend us to a friend or colleague. And if you want to stay informed, visit worldcoffeeportal.com to access all the latest global coffee news, including the weekly Coffee Dose, our newsletter collecting all the big coffee news stories of the week. Link in the show notes. This episode was produced in the one and only Serendipity Studios in glorious Camden, North London. It was produced by myself, Jeffrey Young, Hannah Heath, and sound engineering by Chris Bristow. And this week's song, in collaboration with the Coffee Music Project, is a song that has been previously performed live at LCF. It's London's On Fire by talented London-based artist Daisy Chute. Until next time, stay safe, stay caffeinated, and we'll see you at the London Coffee Festival. Stay